Friends and neighbors, welcome to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Hello, everyone. Uh, folks, we're going to talk about... Well, let me tell you who we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're a couple of best friends who are making our way through the history of kaiju movies, of giant monster movies. And today we're up to 1981. Wow. And the movie is Clash of the Titans. But before we do that, Honeybee, you had to miss last week. Was there anything you want to say about Gamera? Oh, that is a face monster. I do have my Gamera notes here, but I was unprepared for that question. Let me just do a little skim, skim, skimaroo. Uh, I did say that the opening song uh, made my little heart happy. Oh, and that the opening song, t- the opening felt very Star Warsy, even like the music. Let's see. <laughs> and even the uh, kit-bashed Imperial Destroyer. Yeah, all of that. Gabriel and I were both certain that they just took a model kit for a Star Wars Imperial Destroyer and modified it slightly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could. It was. I was like, "Whoa, what the heck? Am I watching the right movie here?" Um, let's see. I have another note that is like, I have train check, Ponchi check, chaos check, space babes check. Um, let's see. I don't. I mean, I loved it. I was really happy oh, really? to. Uh, to be back in like a Gamera movie, it did feel like kind of um, cheap. I don't mean cheap in a budget way. I mean cheap like a like Gamera kind of looked like a Thanksgiving parade. You know what I mean? Well, okay, so maybe you didn't realize. Almost every single piece of Gamera footage was just recycled from the previous movies. Oh, okay. The well, only footage that was new was him flying over top of the kid and some shots of his legs walking. All the monster fights were just recycled from the previous movies. So reused. Well, we did get like I hated it. Monster fights in this film. Yeah, that's why. They were it was a desperate cash grab and Yeah, yeah. They spent it as did little feel like as it, possible. It did feel like cheap, you know, like it felt like kind of yeah. but uh it's also been a while since I did watch the movie and I am just skimming my notes, but I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy the, yeah, the space babes and, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, the, you know, uh, the skeleton when, when, uh, Jiger skeletons people, I really liked it the first mm-hmm. time and I liked it the second time too. Okay. Yeah. I didn't care for it. Oh, there was, there was uh, a thing. Did you see? There's a like in the back at this part. Let's see. Let's see. There's a poster, like in the back that looks like a Godzilla poster, but yeah. it says "Farewell, Dodra," I think, or something. But it looks like a Godzilla poster, like a Godzilla movie poster. Right, and then they knock it down. Yeah. I don't remember if we mentioned that last week. We probably didn't, but yes, <laughs> I did see that. I was like, "Ooh, shots fired." Yeah, but I don't think the movie that you're when you're just doing a fucking clip show <laughs> is really the time to be taking pot shots at the competition. Yeah, I did not like it as much as you. I liked the big girl, but they seemed kind of useless and 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 it was just a clip show, so I hated it. Oh, bummer. But I'm, I'm I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But today we're talking about Clash of the Titans, 1981. Directed by Desmond Davis. It is in color. It is 118 minutes. 
the budget was somewhere between nine and fifteen million, and the box office was seventy million. No. So, this is only barely a kaiju movie, but the reason we're talking about it is because it is the last movie that Ray Harryhausen worked on. Aww. So, since he was so important to the beginning of this yeah. genre, thought it was Respect. only suiting. So, he did not die until 2013, but apparently he retired around 1981. So Wow. Well, yeah. let me tell you. My, I think it's my mom... I don't really fucking know. But someone I know in my family loves this movie. Someone, somewhere, don't know who okay. it is at the moment. Not sure. <laughs> but I do feel like I had seen this movie. But I just may have been a little bit too young to understand or give a shit, you know? Uh -huh. There were parts of this movie that felt very like, oh, like I think I've seen I've seen this part like i like there were just parts of it that were like oh yeah okay I, i've kind of seen this i sort of remember this but uh, other than that i didn't really know anything about it like i i just know that someone i know really loves it and that i may have seen it in passing or seen bits of it some pieces of it felt familiar to me but so this uh -huh. is kind of kind of the first movie that we've done where i've sort of seen it Going into it, okay. sort of, you know? Um, like, I really, the Medusa um, scene was just like, I was like, oh, I think I've seen this before. Like, the whole shadowy wall uh -huh. thing. I really felt like, oh, man, this is it. I have seen this. But I, other than that, I just thought that was cool. Because I going in, I was like, I think I've seen this. And then there were parts where I was like, I have maybe seen this. But I think I was very, very young. I saw it in the theater when it was new and probably saw bits of it over and over again on HBO, mm. you know, in the next year or two. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. And a lot of people have a lot of warm feelings about this movie. It was remade in 2010 as one of the worst 3D movies I've ever seen. Oh, really? <laughs> one of the worst Well, I mean, the movie, the remake, in that the 3D itself, it wasn't... You remember at that time, everything was in 3D? Oh, yeah, baby. And... There were a few movies where they weren't filmed in 3D, but they converted them into 3D after the fact. And that yeah. often comes out looking really bad when you do that. Oh, what a bummer. Off, rather than looking like a three-dimensional object, it'll sometimes look like one flat thing in front of another flat thing. I see. I see what you mean. So it's sort of 3D, but it doesn't look fully rounded. You know, it just looks like two flat things in front of <laughs> And so that, that, that movie was really, really painful to watch in that regard. But we'll get to that when we get to 2010. Nice. When I was a kid, I did not love this movie because I was very much into Greek and Roman and Norse mythology at the time. I like read all the books the school library had on mythology. And this movie takes some liberties. Oh, no. Yeah, so I'm like, wait a minute. That's not right. That's, and who the hell is this guy? And uh, Oh, no. And then there's this fucking R2-D2 wannabe in it <laughs> that just has nothing yeah. to do with anything. <laughs> and oh, that is you didn't very love, obviously... I loved Bobo. I'm sad. <laughs> you, you Bobo? didn't. You... Yes. Well, see, at the time, and even now, He's clearly in there because some producer said, you know what the kids like? They like that Star Wars stuff. They like that robot Adi Deco. Uh, put in an R2-D2 into this Greek mythology movie. And so they're like, um, what? Okay, I guess, I guess the owl can be a clockwork owl instead, I guess, and oh make gosh. bleep boops. And just like R2-D2... It just makes mm -hmm. bleep bloops, but the hero knows exactly what it's saying. Mm -hmm. Which you get in a, a lot of the times in Star Wars, R2's just bleep blooping, but Luke, well, I mean, C3PO can speak his language. He, he understands. But there's times mm -hmm. when Luke just seems to understand him. Mm -hmm. There's time, there is a one part where 
they're in the X-Wing and we can see that the screen is translating what R2's bleep blooping for Luke. But there's other times when they're just walking around and he, he just seems to understand him anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... Uh, I was very sensitive at the time to things that were ripping off Star Wars. And Greek mythology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting Greek mythology wrong and ripping off Star Wars in the same movie... Not the Damn. best way to get on Double good whammy. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Okay. So what about now? Well, when I watch it now, I'm just aware of things that I would not have been aware of as a kid. Like how creepy it is to sneak into a woman's bedroom while you're invisible <laughs> and just watch her sleeping. That's yeah. just not And And not then okay. later... And then later tell her that that's when you fell in love with her and to shush, shush now and believe you. <laughs> yeah. And the, just the whole thing with these suitors just have to keep coming and throwing themselves into the fire because, because she's so beautiful, which she wasn't that beautiful. I mean, she was all right, but she's not worth getting burned alive for. Oh, come on. <laughs> You'd get burned alive for her? I mean, I'm a simp, man. I really am. So probably, probably, I'd probably get burned alive for her ugly stepsister. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I just, but um, no, I think, um, okay, first of all, I have to admit something here is I tried to watch this movie a few times and the first time I fell asleep. And then the second time I was like, I'm going to start at the last thing I remember and then I tried to watch it, but I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So <laughs> I had to watch, I had to like start it over and like really watch it a third time. And by the third time I was in it, <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I know what's going on. I know, but I maybe saw the beginning of this movie a few too many times. Um, <laughs> and man, it was kind of, I, I at first was like, I don't like it. It's so slow. Like, I can't get into it. I just can't. So at first, (laughs) I was really, like, bored. And I didn't, I didn't. But I have to tell you, too, like, I'm not a very educated person. Like, I'm, I'm, like, a very uneducated person. Like, the last grade that I went through with in like the Texas education system was the ninth. And then I like had kind of an alternative high school situation. So I don't know a lot of like just things in general, or like, I don't know a lot about mythology or I don't know a lot about. So I just kind of felt like in the beginning, I was like, man, this sucks. This whole movie is going to suck. But by the third time, by the third time, I was in it and and I really liked it after that. But man, I had to struggle through it a little bit for a moment. I had a a struggle moment with it. That's absolutely fair. It's so slow at first and some things just take so long to happen. But I really think it's just that was just like movies in 1981. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, we've talked before about pacing. Oh God! In in the seventies, and we're just barely out of the seventies now. Let's mention the cast. There's a lot of big names. Professor McGonagall. Professor McGonagall's in this movie. (laughs) Yes, Harry Hamlin as Perseus. I believe this was his, if not his first thing, his first big thing. He then went on to star in L.A. Law, which got him really well known. Judy Bowker as Andromeda. I don't know anything else she's ever been in. Burgess fucking Meredith as Ammon. That's the old uh, playwright poet guy. Did you recognize him? Love. Did I recognize him? Yes. No, but I loved him. He's been in a shit ton of stuff, but one of the things he's best known for was the Penguin on the old Batman show. But he would have already been famous when he got that job because they kind of were casting famous people in those parts. Uh, I used to be president of the Burgess Meredith fan club, which consisted of me and my father. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. Uh, Yeah, Burgess Meredith's been in a ton of shit for decades. He's no longer with us, but uh, this would have just been, you know, at the height of his career. Maggie Smith, <laughs> Mrs. McGonagall, as uh, Thetis. 
Sian Phillips as Cassiopeia. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. It's a Welsh name. Claire Bloom as Hera. Ursula Andrus as Aphrodite. Lawrence goddamn motherfucking Olivier as Zeus. <laughs> Lord Olivier to you, plebes. <laughs> Not just Sir Lawrence, Lord Olivier. Are you familiar with Lawrence Olivier? Nope. Okay, so he was at one time generally considered to be like the greatest actor in the world. Really? He did a lot of, yeah, he he did a lot of Shakespeare movies. He did a lot of movies, but he did stage as well. And was particularly known for doing Shakespeare and would often do a lot of heavy or extreme makeup to become different characters. Uh, unfortunately, did blackface to play Othello on more than one occasion uh, and on film. Uh, but yeah, he was he as I say, a lot of actors get knighted and he was knighted. But at one point he just got well, we've already knighted you. What else can we do? We're going to make you Lord Olivier now. Oh. There's a lot of sirs <laughs> in the acting world. There's not <laughs> okay, a, that many lords in the acting world. So the fact they got him to play <laughs> Zeus in this fucking, you know, stop motion fantasy movie. Uh, I mean, Maggie Smith is Dame Maggie Smith now, which is the female equivalent of uh, being knighted a, a sir they call it a dame when you when you get knighted Ooh. she wasn't dame maggie at the time this movie was made but she was already a well respected actress as well as claire bloom and some of these other people I, I was so shocked when she started speaking and her voice was the exact same i was like wow i really thought that that was her old lady <laughs> voice but no, it's yeah. it's her. Well, every she's not age putting voice. on the Scottish. She she's, always she's not putting on the Scottish like accent. But yeah, the tone, the 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 quality. But her voice, it's so yeah, voice. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's so rasp, and I love it. But I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, that that is one thousand percent her voice. Wow. Uh, okay. Pat Roach is Hephaestus. Susan Fleetwood as Athena. Tim Peugeot Smith as Thallow, Jack Gwillem as Poseidon, Neil McCarthy as Calabos, Vita Taylor as Danae, Danae, that's a Theseus's mother, Janae, uh, <laughs> Donald Sorry. Houston as Acrisius, and Flora Robert, Flora Robson, Anna Manahan, and Frida Jackson as the Stygian witches. What's the matter with these scissors? <laughs> so <laughs> that is our cast. That's Hercules. Oh, Dis is it Disney's Hercules? Yeah, never seen that. Yeah. One. You haven't? It's a lot I like this movie. Well, it, they are both based on Greek mythology, yes. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of the same people. There's a lot of the same shit happening and going on. And in the movie... With those th the three witches, when she's like with her like with the eyeball, she goes to like cut this lifeline for the soul, and the, it won't cut because he's a god. And she says, "What's the matter with these scissors?" Ah, I see. No, I have not. I have not watched that version of Hercules. Um, you mean Hercules? I don't care. There's a lot of Disney that I do not care for. So I did not. Yeah, I mean I, that's fair. Rush out. I, I did not it. rush out to see that one. But I have Disney Plus, so <laughs> yeah. if it's on Disney Plus, maybe I'll get around to it. It's you should because what's his face is in it too. Um, um, Devito, Danny Devito. Uh huh. James Woods. It's hilarious. Okay, I'm sure the ultimate moral of it is reprehensible, as with most Disney movies. But I'll <laughs> take a look at it and see. It's it's pretty much this movie that we're watching now or that we're reviewing now, but in if this movie was a Disney movie, it'd be that. Okay. So uh, shit happen. This is loosely based on the Legends of Perseus, but they have crammed some other stuff in there and added things and switched things around and uh, 
So let's, I got a summary here from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. It's kind Thanks, of a long Wiki. one. It's a long one, so strap in. That's what she said. Uh, ooh. <laughs> you can't tell, but I just put my hair behind my ear. <laughs> King Acrisius of Argos imprisons his daughter, Danae, trying to prevent a prophecy that her child will bring about his demise. When the god Zeus impregnates Danae, Acrisius banishes her and her newborn son Perseus to the sea in a wooden chest. Doesn't it just start off with him putting them in the chest? Yep, that, yeah. We, yeah, I didn't we even find know out, any of that stuff that yeah, you just then read. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's exposition that explains that he's Zeus's son, but we don't see that stuff happening. I believe mm-hmm. Zeus comes to her in the form of a shower of gold. <laughs> you can just dwell on that. Gross. In Retribution, <laughs> Zeus kills Acrisius and orders Poseidon to release the last of the Titans, a gigantic sea monster called the Kraken, to destroy Argos. So right here is Let the first... Let loose the Kraken! Yeah. I was surprised watching this again because, you know, people talk about, refer to release the Kraken. And I think in the yeah. remake, it's a really big line. And that one of Trump's crazy lawyers was talking about releasing the Kraken. Oh, for fuck's sake. But when we actually get to that line in the movie, Olivier just kind of goes, release the Kraken. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that was it. I didn't know that that's where it came from. I've, yeah. I've heard this so many times. I've heard it referenced. I've seen, I'd even made the joke myself and I did not know that it was actually from clash of the Titans. Yes. I was like, Oh shit. And here's the first place where we get off the legends where the Kraken is not from Greek mythology. Oh God. We're only nine minutes in by the yeah. way. <laughs> There is a sea monster in the legend of Perseus, but it's not called the Kraken. It's called the Cetus or Ketus in ancient Greek. The Kraken is a legendary beast from the shores of Norway and doesn't seem to have first appeared in any literature until like the 1700s. Weird. Seems to maybe be from sightings of giant squids. Nice. So they were just like, put a Kraken in there. Yeah. I don't know why they decided to change the name of the sea monster when there's already a sea monster in the legend. Hmm. Weird. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, there you go. That's where it's from. Danae and Perseus safely float to the island of Serifos, where Perseus grows to adulthood and we have some gratuitous nudity. Yeah, but it's like baby feeding. It is, feeding. but it's weird. Baby. Well, apparently it's they still... originally originally the script called for Andromeda to be nude when she was strapped to the rocks, but that was going to get them an R, R rating. That was going to get them an R rating and they didn't want that. Uh, so they were like, uh, we'll just put a kid on that tit and just call yeah. it a PG rating. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason they decided to go ahead and leave some nudity in that was not in any way necessary to the plot. Because we do, we get both her breastfeeding and her and her son walking naked along the beach. We see both of their butts, (laughs) which in ancient Greek times was probably no, no big deal. You may know the Olympic Games were originally uh, held nude. The competitors were nude. I did not know that, but it is officially yes. my favorite fun fact. <laughs> so this might not have been a big deal if you were actually an ancient Greek, but it's just weird to put it in this movie to have a grown woman walking down the beach with a prepubescent child, both of them naked. It's a little weird. It's an odd choice. Huh, I did not notice, probably because there was a naked woman on the screen, and I yeah, yeah she and her son were walking <laughs> hand in hand down the down the beach. Never, never saw her son. Later on in the film, 
Andromeda is getting out of the bath and we get a little side boob and butt from her, which is also unnecessary, but enough to give it a PG instead of a G rating. And I'm not sure why they were going for that. Hmm. Anyway. Anyways. Calabos, the spoiled son of the sea goddess Thetis, is betrothed to Princess Andromeda, daughter of Queen Cassiopeia of Joppa. But for committing several atrocities against Zeus, including destroying Zeus's sacred flying horses except for Pegasus, Calabos is transformed into a deformed satyr-like creature. This is another thing that's not from Greek mythology. They've just made up Calabos. His name seems wow. to me to be inspired by Caliban from The Tempest, but they just mm. changed it slightly. So yeah, he's not part of the legend and I don't know why they I don't know why the legend wasn't enough for them the way it was, why they needed to put him in there, but they did. And we used to have the And he's the shittiest character. He is. And it's really weird he because he's got goat legs like a satyr and, and little horns and stuff, any uh, long shots of him are stop motion, but yeah. then the close up shots are of the man who's a human playing the part in heavy makeup. But then mm-hmm. if he's walking around, he's stop motion. Or like motion. when he's fighting. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't blend together at all. <laughs> it's just very clear. Okay, he's a puppet now. <laughs> now he's a person. Yeah. It's just, I, I, it's not the choice I would have made. In revenge, Thetis transports an adult Perseus to an abandoned amphitheater in Joppa, where he befriends a soldier Thalo and an elderly poet named Ammon. So they do this Ooh. weird thing. Um, we keep seeing the Greek gods on Olympus and they will be watching what's going on on earth in like a little scrying pool or something. But they also have this little model. They have little clay models of a bunch of people and creatures and things in little Mm -hmm. cubbies on the wall. And they have a game board, a world model, something. (laughs) She basically picks up the little clay model of Perseus and puts him down in a model of the amphitheater. And because they're gods, this physically transports him from one place to another. Mm -hmm. And later there's a part (sighs) where he's been, Perseus has been knocked out or, injured or whatever and Zeus just kind of reaches behind his back and picks up the little figure and stands it up (laughs) and this (laughs) heals Perseus by him doing this so I mean the the whole idea is that really that we're the playthings of the gods we're just toys to them yeah and that's yes but I okay my problem with the gods isn't so much like this random like clay shit it's like, I feel like this is a common misperception, misconception, misunderstanding <laughs> is that like these gods and a lot of time people think that their God also has like very human emotions. Do you know what I mean? Well, and yes. They're the... making like very human decisions based on these like very human emotions and it like annoys the shit out of me. The Greek gods are like that. Okay. And the Norse gods. A lot of old-fashioned pagan gods are like that. Mm-hmm. They're very petty and spiteful and full of human flaws, jealousy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- anger, hatred. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is partly because it makes good stories, but partly because if you think the gods are controlling every little thing, then... If there's just a random storm, well, the, the gods have to be pissed off. The, the god of thunder mm-hmm. must be angry about something. If this village yeah, was destroyed, yeah. if our village was destroyed by a tidal wave, the god of the sea must have been mad at us for something. Right. Rather than in later religions, usually monotheistic religions, god becomes a little more detached I mean, people mm-hmm. still, oh, God, please save me from this this hurricane or this fire or whatever. But there's less of a tendency to blame 
God directly for every little tiny thing that goes wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it's one God, then he's not constantly fighting and bickering with all the other gods. So mm-hmm. he's a little bit, a uh, little bit more above the fray than, than <laughs> these, than these ancient pagan gods. But yeah, you you get that in a lot of the older polytheistic religions that the gods are just a bunch of assholes <laughs> that are yeah always like, fighting with each fuck? other always yeah they're always cheating on each other they're always fighting with each other their whims are you know we're all just slaves to their whims which i think is one reason why christianity was able to find so many converts because the idea that hey uh god actually loves you and wants you to be okay. And sometimes things aren't okay, but that's, you know, that's just because. It's not because God hates you. <laughs> and you know what? If you're good, good things will happen. Maybe it won't happen to you now, but when you die, everything will be great. Instead of you just, in the Greek mythology, well, you just go to Hades. You just go to the underworld when you die, regardless of how good you were or how bad you were. And the gods don't really particularly give a shit. <laughs> It's an appealing message that maybe the universe cares about you rather than the universe doesn't care about you. So that that's one way they were able to convert so many people. That's one of them. Yeah, one of them. Sometimes <laughs> they were... <laughs> a little forceful, maybe. Well, that has but to do that was with one maybe... Of them. Well, once they found so many converts in Rome, the problem was that the Romans continued to act like Romans even after they became Christians. And the Roman way of doing things was to go conquer people. <laughs> so they kind of kept, <laughs> kind of kept doing that even after they became Christians, and that's that's part of why history is the way it is. Anyway, meanwhile, back in Anyways, Greece. Anyways, back to Wikipedia. She uh, she uh, picks him up and puts him in the amphitheater, and uh, he meets the poet, and he sort of makes friends with a guard at the city gate. And Perseus learns that Andromeda is under a curse and cannot marry unless her suitor successfully answers a riddle concocted by Calibus. Zeus sends Perseus a god-crafted helmet from Athena, which makes its wearer invisible, a magical sword from Aphrodite, and a shield from Hera. After capturing Pegasus... Perseus follows Calibus's giant vulture. Oh, it's a vulture. I was like, is this a, a giant buzzard? It looks like a buzzard. But I guess uh, vulture, I mean, yeah. Buzzards and vultures, I think, are similar, if not the same thing. I'm not if sure. not the same, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they might be. Because it's like Buzzard Express here to pick up your soul. Squawk, squawk. <laughs> uh, this, this whole thing is so, so weird. So this is when he puts on his invisible helmet and goes to spy on her in her sleep. And then Calibus sort of summons her and her she astrally projects. Her spirit gets up out of her body, but then has to be physically. The giant bird brings this cage or carriage sort of thing. She gets into this cage thing and it's got a big handle on the top and the bird grabs it in its talons and flies her off, which would be a cool way to travel if you're doing it on your own, not being compelled to do it. But I'm like, she's this is like her spirit or whatever or her astral form. Why does she need to then get into this physical cage and be transported it is really weird. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but then, it looks cool, I guess. Question yes. mark. So rather than just jumping onto the cage and hanging on, he has to go capture Pegasus and then right. follow the giant vulture. Ugh, Lord. And then Calibus. So she was engaged to Calibus and... Then he got cursed, and now she doesn't love him anymore, 
But apparently... Because he's ugly. Just because he's ugly. Not because of any of the evil <laughs> shit he did to get cursed, but because he's physically unattractive now, which I thought was pretty shitty. It is pretty shitty, especially because, like, he... I like the goat dude look. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably way hotter now as a goat dude. <laughs> I didn't see him before he was cursed, but... Right. I mean, I guess you could look up the actor's <laughs> picture online and see. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. Yeah, it's just so weird that she's not yeah, like, oh, stupid. no, I don't love you because you killed all those horses or whatever the other shit was that he did. It's just because... You're, you're hideous. <laughs> Uh, How can I ever love you? But this Pegasus stuff is also uh, wrong because Pegasus was not um, Theseus, uh, Perseus. He was not Perseus's horse. Bellerophon rode Pegasus. Pegasus sprang into being when Perseus cut off Medusa's head. But he doesn't Ooh. then start riding Pegasus. Pegasus is written by the hero Bellerophon. So, well, in the Hercules movie, he is given to Hercules as a gift <laughs> for for being born. I don't think Hercules ever interacted with Pegasus either. Boo. Perseus and Bellerophon are both pre-Herculean heroes. They were the top dogs until Hercules came along. Or Heracles, the proper Greek form, Heracles. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Anyway, he uh, Perseus is discovered. Oh, so Calibus gives her a new riddle. He's been giving her the riddles. It's a different riddle every time. Makes her memorize it. He's got a bunch of creepy followers there with him, too. And then Perseus is discovered and nearly killed by Calibos. In the ensuing fight, Calibos loses his left hand and Perseus loses his helmet. The next morning, Perseus presents himself as a suitor and correctly answers the riddle, which is a bullshit riddle. Yeah, it really was. It didn't make any fucking the sense. Answer being, and when he pulled out... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the answer being the ring given to Calibus by his mother which is still attached to the amputated hand. Yeah, and when he when he pulled out the hand, I gasped. Like, I audibly was like, <gasps> with everybody else in the room. <laughs> like, oh <Yeah>. my word. <laughs> so this was, this was like some, you know, Bilbo Baggins level bullshit here. With this riddle. <laughs> this, you know, what, what have I got in my pocket? That's not a proper riddle. And so, and it has the form of a riddle, in that it's you know, it's sort of poetic and and obscure, <laughs> but normally the answer to a riddle is not a specific object, like this specific ring. The answer to a riddle might be a ring, but not Calibus's specific this ring that ring. has these specific qualities <laughs> of having two pearls in it or whatever. You all know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's just bullshit. So, yeah, he, he, he's like, it's the ring, this one, boom, and throws down the bloody hand. And uh, also, you know, when they, they do, the uh, Cassiopeia comes forward, and she's like, who will come forward to present themselves? And uh, nobody wants to do it because everybody keeps getting no the, man? Right. Nobody wants to do it because they keep getting the riddle wrong and getting burned alive. There's no incentive to do this unless you're absolutely sure, like Theseus, ahead of time, you know what the answer to the riddle is. And she's acting like, what a bunch of useless cowards. You're all the worst. <laughs> like, what? Why? And yes, yeah, she's cursed. Oh, no, she can't get married unless somebody answers this riddle. How horrible. It just, uh, I thought her attitude was completely inappropriate. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Finding that Thetis cannot act against Perseus, Calibus instead demands that she take vengeance upon Joppa. At the wedding, in, Thes in Thetis's temple, Cassiopeia declares that Andromeda's beauty is greater than Thetis, which Ooh, is always a mistake. You so many, 
so many people in Greek legend get in trouble for comparing themselves to the gods and saying that they are smarter, prettier, better in some way. Always a big mistake. Uh, so an earthquake starts, causing the head of the statue of Thetis to break off and crash to the floor. Thetis, <laughs> using the statue's head to speak through, declares that Cassiopeia will pay for her boasting and for the injury yeah, inflicted on Calibus. The effect or just the thing yes. that was happening? Yeah, yeah. The, the effect. Uh, yeah, it was very Hall of Presidents at Disneyland or something where they've just sort of so projecting it's her so face onto the statue. I, I loved it. Let's see. And she demands Andromeda be sacrificed to the Kraken on pain of Joppa's destruction. Perseus seeks a way to defeat the Kraken. However, Pegasus is captured by Calibus and his men. Zeus commands Athena to give Perseus her owl, Bubo, but she refuses. Instead, she orders Whoa. Hephaestus to build a mechanical replica that leads Perseus, Andromeda, Ammon, Thalo, and some soldiers to the Stygian witches. I have somewhere in my room here a replica of this owl. Oh, you do? That is you designed... do like him. No, well, no. It's designed to sit on your shoulder. Uh, the reason I have it is not because I loved him so much I went out and bought it. It was gifted to me by Aww. by the late and wonderful Mark Tenniswood. Aww, really? <laughs> so Mark was producing an evening of 10-minute plays years ago. Uh-huh. And I had this little piece that I had written, not exactly as a play, but... It's a thing I wrote called a, a conversation regarding mice. Okay. And I said, oh, th it's just a little dialogue between two characters. And I said, oh, this this could be a play. You could have people stand on stage and speak these lines. And part of the play has to do with one of the men is working on a clockwork owl. So Mark, I didn't, I just gave him the script and he cast it and directed it produced it and found to, for the clockwork owl in the play he found this replica of uh, Bubo and uh. he had actually purchased two of them and gave me the extra one when the show was over so that oh. is why I have it and uh, now I'm it's it's you know it's a cool thing to have but also because Mark gave it to me and because it was from this thing I wrote yeah I, I uh, I'm happy to have it, but it's not because <laughs> I love the character in the movie. I loved him. I loved him, and I'm so sad that you didn't. But also, that is a, that's a great that's a great Mark story too. Though. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I love Mark. Yeah. So, folks, if you haven't seen this movie, he's a little clockwork owl. Although nobody actually winds him up, I don't think, but he. He's a little robot owl, a little brass owl with big Ooh, eyes and bleep bloops. And he does a lot of comedic falling over. He's a hero. <laughs> He's a fucking hero. Don't you uh, shortchange, Bubo. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, anyway, he leads them to the Stygian witches. These are three blind witches that share one magical eye, which he snatches and forces them to reveal <laughs> their secrets by snatching their eye. Uh, forces them to reveal that the only way to defeat the Kraken is by using the head of the Gorgon Medusa, whose gaze can turn any living thing into stone. Medusa lives on an island in the River Styx. That is not correct. At the edge of the underworld. <laughs> the next day, the group continues on their journey while Andromeda and Ammon return to Joppa. On the Gorgon's Island, the three soldiers traveling with Perseus are killed. So this is yet another bad math. Three guys mm. get killed to rescue this one woman. Her getting killed is going to rescue the entire city. Oh, she insists on going with them at some point when she really shouldn't be doing that because 
if they fail and she's not where she needs to be in time to be sacrificed, the whole city's going to be destroyed. But she's like, you're not my man. I can do whatever I want because yeah. my mom is blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we're not married yet. I don't have to obey you. She's not going to obey <laughs> when they're married. That's, who are you kidding? That's not going to happen. Uh, but then, but then while, while, so, but the last part of the journey, so she travels with them most of the way to get to Medusa. Well, to first to get to the Stygian witches and then to Medusa. But for the last leg of the journey, he ditches her while she's asleep. (laughs) She she wakes up and Amon's there, but everybody else is gone. She's like, God damn it. Uh, So that's why they go back to Joppa. On the Gorgon's Island, the three soldiers traveling to Perseus are killed. Perseus fights and kills Medusa's guardian, a two-headed dog named Dioskilos, which I thought was weird. Because in Greek mythology, you have the Cerebus, the three-headed dog that guards Hades. But this is just a two-headed dog that guards Medusa. I don't care how many heads it has. It's like, you could kill... (laughs) All these people in the movie, and I don't give a shit, but you stab that dog and hearing the dog <laughs> whine, I was like, no! <laughs> just the dog crying, just like, oh, God, it killed me. <laughs> At the Gorgon's lair, Perseus uses the reflective underside of a shield to deceive Medusa, decapitate her, and collect her head. And this is fairly Yo, standard Medusa stuff. Medusa is scary. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, I believe this is how it is, how it did happen in the legends that he, it's okay to look at her indirectly through a reflective circuit, a surface. But if you look at her directly, you'll turn to stone. Don't know what happens if you, if you make her look in the reflective surface, if she turns to stone, that's not what happened, is it? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, however, the shield is dissolved by her caustic blood. So he has lost most of the shit that's been given to him. I guess he still has a sword. As Perseus and his party set to return, Calibus enters their camp and punctures the cloak carrying Medusa's head, causing her blood to spill and produce three giant scorpions. Now, this is not specifically from Greek mythology, I don't think, but it is the kind of shit that does happen all the time, that the blood of one thing will cause other things to pop up. Yeesh. So, uh, Calibus and the Scorpions attack and kill Perseus's remaining escorts. Alone, Perseus Jerk overcomes off. the Scorpions and kills Calibus. Finally, can, yeah. good lord. All of this could, let me just say, all of this could have been avoided if you would have just killed Calibus in the first place when he chopped his fucking hand off he could have killed him right there yeah. taken his hand back and then just married uh, well i guess maybe his mom still would have been pissed off i don't know <laughs> she Anyways. i think she might have been even she might have been even more pissed off if he was already dead if he were already dead yeah i'm just like come on it took forever like hurry the yeah. fuck up this guy sucks uh, so bad <laughs> Weakened by his struggle, he sends Bubo to rescue Pegasus from Calibus's henchmen. After reaching the amphitheater in Joppa, Perseus collapses from exhaustion. Andromeda is shackled to the sacrificial rock outside Joppa, and the Kraken is summoned. Casually, as I mentioned before. <laughs> Release the Kraken. <laughs> Not sure why Zeus had to agree, just because um, Thetis got pissed off, why Zeus had to agree to have Poseidon release the Kraken. He might, he could have just said, no, this is your curse. You deal with it. (laughs) You go down there, you go down there and destroy the city yourself. You're a goddess. You ought to be able to do that. Uh, Anyway, uh, Bubo distracts the beast until Perseus, whose strength was secretly restored by Zeus. This was talking about earlier. He just picks up his little action figure and sets him back up. (laughs) He he does mirror mirror on the wall him in the sh- with his shield. Uh, That's true. And he talks to him through his shield earlier too, when he first yeah. gets it. I think. Uh, anyway, he appears on Pegasus using Medusa's head. Perseus petrifies the Kraken, causing it to crumble to pieces. 
He then tosses the head into the sea, frees Andromeda, and marries her. The, god... <laughs> the gods predict that Perseus and Andromeda will have happily rule wisely and produce children, and Zeus forbids the other gods to pursue vengeance against them. The constellations of Perseus, Andromeda, Pegasus, and Cassiopeia are created in their honor. And that's all real shit. I mean, they're... <laughs> they are real constellations. They are That's real constellations. All real shit. <laughs> <laughs> they are actual constellations. Not that they were really put there by the gods specifically to honor them. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, you can't prove they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> huh. I just saw a thing on Wikipedia here. The film screenwriter, Beverly Cross, that's Alan Beverly Cross, was married to Maggie Smith. Oh. Until his death in 1998. Aw. He also wrote this. Uh, he had previously written the screenplay for Jason and the Argonauts, another Greek myth-based movie with Harryhausen, the stop-motion stuff in it. Fuck yeah. How many stars for Oof. you, precious? Um, <laughs> I guess I'll give it three. Oof. It's okay. All right, all right. It's kind of slow. I mean, it's got a lot of great people in it giving reasonable performances. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of problematic. And, of course, all the Greek stuff I was complaining about. Uh. <laughs> At this point, this is post-Star Wars and Harryhausen's... I don't know if Harryhausen specifically retired after this or there was just no demand for his work because we had just moved into a different era of special effects and just weren't... just were not doing the kind of stop-motion stuff that he did anymore. Yeah. Huh. Well... Yeah, like I said, a lot of people... I mean, we had... We had toys from this movie. I know we had Calibus. I know we had Pegasus. I don't think we had the Perseus figure. <laughs> I don't know that they... I don't think they made a Kraken one. Oh, I wanted to mention the Kraken, though. The design for the Kraken is a lot like Ymir from 20 Million Miles to Earth. From 1957 that we discussed on this podcast. Did yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to picture it. The the one that was like, hell yeah, brother. Yeah. The, the, it's that guy? The, uh, I guess. It's... He was a lizardy yeah, guy. Yeah, with the, with the Hulk Hogan mustache. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. So yeah. he seems to have, I mean, it, he only had one set of arms. He didn't have two sets of tentacles yeah. like the Kraken does. But the design of his face... And even his chest is very similar. Harryhausen kind of plagiarizing yeah. himself. In this he did movie. give him a belly button, though. <laughs> and uh, the the first dude, the first lizard dude, didn't have a belly button. Yeah. Well, if he came from an egg, so he shouldn't have one. <laughs> That's true. But I guess the kraken did come from an egg. I don't know. <laughs> uh, honeybee, what are you gonna rate it? Um, I really did enjoy it after I had tried to watch it so many times and I decided that I hated it. Then I really enjoyed it and it wasn't so bad. So I'm going to also say that it's a three. I, I think it's, it's good. Like it's definitely good. I'm excited to see the remake. Um, because I feel like 2010 is more like my, I still wasn't born yet in 1981. So the newer one, the newer one version of this movie is like, I'm excited to see it just because like in 2010, I was watching, you know, movies. I guess I just didn't give a shit about that movie. I don't know why I didn't <laughs> see it, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to, I'm excited to see the remake. And then isn't there a sequel to yes. the remake? The sequel to the remake is called Wrath of the Titans. Yeah. So and I, I am excited to see those. I seem to recall thinking that it was much better. Nice. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I did enjoy the movie. I am going to give it a three just because it is so slow, but it (laughs) is good. It's definitely a staple. I've heard so many people talk about it. I like, I knew it existed and you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I'm going to say a three for me too. Can't wait to see the remakes and or remake and sequel. Right. And yeah. I don't see Clash of the Titans streaming for free anywhere, but it is available to rent or buy on all of the things. So, But if you want to see a cartoon version of it that's like a little bit happier, very similar characters, different names, watch the Disney Hercules. Because <laughs> it's, it's much happier and it's a faster pace. There's music. <laughs> Same shit. Uh, what did you think of... Harry Hamlin, specifically as uh, Perseus. I thought he was fine. I don't know. He <laughs> plays a good pretty boy, I guess. Uh, whatever. Yeah. He's aight. I think that's pretty much why he was cast, and I think that's kind of how yeah, he for was, sure. How he was known. Uh huh. He's like, uh, I'm beautiful. Yeah, and that's he... pretty much as the yeah. <laughs> um, he's married to Lisa Rinna. Who's uh, semi-famous as well? Who? Who's he married to? Lisa Rinna. She's oh, been in, okay. she's been in stuff. She's not quite as big as he is or as he was. I mean, he was once he got on L.A. Law, he was pretty big for a while. What has he done lately? Let's take a look. Oh, <laughs> he's in Eighty for Brady, that just came out this year. Hmm. So there you go. I have not seen that one yet. Oh. He was in a relationship with Ursula Andress after meeting on the set of Clash of the Titans. Uh, I think she was a little bit older than him, but oh, and they had a son, but they never—they were engaged, but never actually got married. So there you go. There you uh, go, folks. But he's—he's he's been married Clash to Lisa Renna for quite a while. I'm looking her up. She was on Days of Our Lives. And uh, some movies. She's in a bad giant robot movie. I don't think it's on our list, but... Oh! She's been on Dancing with the Stars. I have not seen her in any of that. I think what I know her from is... Real Housewives? sort of talk show. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe it is Real Housewives. My grandmother's like obsessed <laughs> oh um let's see there's a kaiju news kaiju news there's a trailer out for what do you call it Gamera the Gamera cartoon Woohoo! if you haven't watched it go look that up on YouTube it's only in Japanese right now. The trailer's only in Japanese right now. Well, it's it's got subtitles on it. Uh, sort of sort of kaiju news. There's a uh, Power Rangers reunion coming out any day now. Fuck yeah! If you care about such things, and uh, we are still planning to be at G Fest. So if any of our listeners are going to that, come look for us. There. Look for us. We won't have a booth Come or anything. Come take a picture with us. We'll be walking around. Still don't know if yeah. I'm hosting any panels yet, but uh, if we find that out, we'll let you know. Uh, next week, Yay. we're watching God Help Us, the Loch Ness Horror, <laughs> which you can find on YouTube. At this, at the time of this recording, it is on YouTube. I don't think it is in there there in any official capacity, but you know, it's YouTube. Otherwise it's archived on the internet. It is not good. I'm gonna warn you to, excuse me. It is not good. I'm gonna warn you now. Uh anything else, honeybee? Any other oh, follow us up on um, all the things. I don't think so. We're on the Patreon. Follow us on the Patreon. We'll be recording our next Patreon exclusive episode soon to go out this month. Woo! 
we're making our way through all the movies referenced in the opening song of Rocky Horror Picture Show, science fiction double feature, because the next movie mentioned is King Kong, we're, which we've already done, as you know. We're going to look at some other Fay Ray thing instead that's related. Join the Patreon to find out about that. Uh, that'll do it for this week. So, uh, thanks for joining us. I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Ow. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.